Episode 6 of Not So Famous, the variety show podcast that brings you laughs, love, and that feeling of doubt powered by the thought that maybe none of this is real and we are all just in some version of the Bandersnatch movie on Netflix, which was great, by the way. Um, anyways, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. We're very happy to have you. Before we get started, I just want to thank you all for making this show possible by lending your time and your ears. And remind you that this is a show for you. It's a bit of a long show, but it's not necessarily made to be listened all at once. So feel free to jump around so you can listen to the segments you love, skip the ones you don't, and, you know, maybe discover something new. So, without further ado and gilding the lily, let's jump into our Christ of the Week here on episode 6 of Not So Famous. Mitchell? What's going on, man? What is the crisis of the week, my man? Marcus, first of all, Happy New Year. I am so upset that we didn't get to record our New Year's episode, but that just means we have a great episode in store for all of our listeners here Mm -hmm. and now. Um, I want to jump right in and talk about the New Year for my crisis of the week, and more importantly, I want to talk about what the New Year can actually mean to every person out there listening now. Now, I have a confession. Um, I kind of hate New Year's resolutions. Um, my girlfriend, Crystal, and I were just talking <laughs> about it, in fact, and she was, she was talking to me. She was asking me, like, why, why don't you like them? And I, I had to explain that it, it's not the sentiment that I don't care for, right? Like improving yourself, setting goals, taking better care of yourself or your loved ones, giving yourself more, giving yourself less, promising things to others. All of that is great. Please do not get me wrong. Seriously. Um... It's the fact that most of these goals are so temporary. They're so noncommittal. Um, they're mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. fad-based. You know, you know who talks about New Year's resolutions the most? Companies. Mm. Gyms. Mm. Influencers yeah. on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> they want to sell you something through your dream of empowerment or, or resolution. It's, it's cheap. You know, I guess that's what I don't like about it. Um, it's like asking someone for a fun fact about themselves on the first day of class. It's pandering and it doesn't (laughs) actually help you get to know that person. Right, right. It's just some bullshit that they pulled out of their ass. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is now that we are two weeks out from New Year's, right? And all those potential resolutions that you made. Don't give up on them. Don't lose sight of your goals just because it's no longer like couture to have something that you want to do (laughs) this year. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, everyone was posting that little like, oh, my God, like fill in your resolutions and then like leave one blank for your Instagram story so like people can copy you. Double down on it, not for Instagram or Facebook yeah. or or that uh, that fourth cousin who you're jealous of because she owns her own business. Like, let's get motivated by ourselves yeah and not be motivated by by self-comparison or doubt or jealousy but like true self-empowerment <laughs> and and that kind of motivation and strength of commitment can be an all-year-round thing not just on new year's because your grandma asks you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. are we cool i i actually mitchell i have a new year's challenge 
for all of our listeners. I have a challenge for them. I have a challenge for you. I got a challenge for myself. Mm. I want you to think of something that you want the most this year, right? Mm-hmm. It could be mm-hmm. it could be something as small as you just want to read. Well, you this isn't a challenge for you. You just want to read <laughs> every week, right? You want you want to. Uh, sit down. You want to get a book. You want to read every mm-hmm. week. You want to go to the library. Mm-hmm. You want to go to Barnes and Noble. You know, or it's something, or it's something like you know, you want to start a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. want to write a book. Okay, stop making excuses for yourselves. Stop waiting till tomorrow. You don't need a New Year's resolution. Okay, it's not. It's not. I'm not mm-hmm. giving you a resolution. I'm giving you a challenge. A challenge. To do something that you did not think that at the beginning of the year you could ever accomplish. And whether or not, don't measure your success. You know, if it's something like make a podcast, mm-hmm. don't make don't measure your success as far as saying like, oh, I want to be like on uh, uh, new and not- noteworthy on iTunes. If you get there, great. But you know what? If you don't get there, you are still great and you are still worthy. Mm. And that's what you have to remember is that at the end of the day, you are still worthy. If you go to the gym and you're not losing weight fast enough to your liking, or if you get to the end of the year and you're like, man, I only lost five pounds, you are still worthy. And you are still holding true to that goal. Yeah. Like you, you still held true to that challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're, you're, you know, your challenge is not just that. It's a call to action, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we get so lost in in putting a, a time stamp on things and putting a, a quantifier on things that we yeah. lose track of what you're saying, which is, you know, the original goal. I want to go to the gym. So go to the gym. Yeah. And when you do, give yourself a big pat on the back and tell mm-hmm. somebody you did it. But don't don't do it just because... You know, it's that time of year and you really right. should have something. Now that we're two weeks out, it doesn't matter. You know, it only matters to you. So mm-hmm. so double down on that and, and find that self-motivation. I think that's a great challenge for all of our listeners. And and Marcus, you and I should post ours on our Twitter. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's keep ourselves honest. I, I, I honestly, I love, I love doing that because... Once, once I did it, like when I started working out and losing weight and eating mm-hmm. right, um, that was the first thing I did. You know, I I held myself accountable. I said I'm gonna put mm-hmm. this on Facebook so that everybody knows that I'm doing it, and I'm not doing it because I want to be like you know like look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing. I put it on there because I wanted people to be like like all right, I want to look at Marcus's Facebook. I want to see. If he's losing weight, I want to see if there's a change in his eating habits. I want to see if he's going to the gym, you know. And a lot of times, my gym pictures end up just being like excuses to show off my WWE and nerd shirts, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know what? Beyond that, you know that I'm going to the gym, right? Yeah. Because you see in the background, like oh oh, he's at the gym. Like yeah, he's showing me this awesome nerd shirt. But he's got. But he's at the gym, doggone it. Um, well, 
<laughs> it, it's sometimes it, it it works for some people, and sometimes it, it works in uh, different ways for other people. Like, yeah, I did the same thing when I started losing weight, and I wanted to like years ago. I posted on Facebook and said, "Hey, if you see me and you you know like see me eating a donut or something, like just don't shame me for it. Just ask me how I'm doing because I will know that you know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um." And it's, it's stuff like that. And like when I started going to the gym again, like this August and I wanted to, to lose weight, I started posting all these things on Instagram. And then I was like, oh, but this just makes me feel self-conscious. So I stopped doing it, mm-hmm. but I still go, right? I still yeah. keep myself accountable in different ways. I still help other people out. I still let people know how I'm doing, post a progress picture here because it keeps me accountable in a different way. Yeah. I think that's the way that, you know, we can kind of move and contort social media to work in our favor mm-hmm. instead of bringing us down by comparison. Social so. media does not have to be, you know, an enemy. It does not have to be something negative. We can change what social media is used for. Mm-hmm. But we've got we, but we've got to make that choice. You know, we've got to make that choice for ourselves that we're like, you know what? I'm going to use this to help me and better myself as opposed to being disrupt uh being destructive towards mm-hmm. myself or towards other people. Yeah. Mhm. So mm. I I love that and right. thank you for joining in on that challenge yeah. and that call to action. Um I love that you told me <laughs> I didn't have to set a goal for reading. Thank you. You know me too well. <laughs> um but you know what though from I, talking with you I started reading. I I got back to reading more. I have a stockpile of books in my library of a living room, as my mother calls it, um, that I have not read. And I'm like, I need to read these. So now I've let like every day I read like a couple of pages. And I'm like, you know what? Mitchell would be real proud of me. <laughs> I am really proud of you. <laughs> I love that I have this like Godfather reading status. I don't know where I got that from. But, um, <laughs> thanks, mom. Um, I've actually I let's go right into what's the word because mm-hmm. I have some books I want to talk about. Yeah. Um speaking of reading and speaking of my mother. Um so I'm home for Christmas break, right? Like uh I'm I'm at home. I took 2 weeks off of work so I could come home and help the family out and take care of the pup while my mom was away and do some stuff and I logged some serious reading time reading a bunch of books. Um and one of them was this book called um Beat the Reaper by Josh Basil that my mom actually invited me to. She was like, hey, we have a book club, and it's this month, and when you get home, uh, you know, your aunt will be reading the book, but then she can give it to you, and, you know, then we can discuss it at book club if you can read it fast enough. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Um, So I got the book about two days before the book club, and I basically, like, looked at my family and was like, okay, unless it's really important, nobody interrupt me. And, like, we would do family things. We would be watching a movie or stuff, mm-hmm. and I would just bring out my book and start reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I ended up reading it, talking about it at book club, and then there's a second one, and I read that one as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one's called Wild Thing, and they are, they're both really interesting because, A, they're not the typical type of novel that I read. Right. Um, I read a lot of fantasy and a lot of, um, like, sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, the more like gods and like myths and shit that pops up, Mm -hmm. um, the better. 
But this was like a very nitty gritty, um, realistic depiction of our healthcare system mm. and of the mafia, mm-hmm. strangely enough. Mm. Um, so it's written by this guy who, um, like, kind of had an obsession with the, the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, he got his English degree from, I want to say, like, Columbia. Yeah. And then he went to medical school. And while he was finishing um, his, like, medical internship about to start residencies, he had a lull in, you know, what he considered to be a lull, I guess, in his practicum. So he did what everyone would do, and he wrote this fucking book. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was It's very impressive. But so it's about a man who somehow slips into – I won't ruin it, but he slips into being a hitman for the mafia – Hmm. Um, and basically, long story short, things don't turn out great for him, and then the mafia is is pissed at uh. him for something, and he enters witness protection. Um, witness protection knows that he's a smart guy. There's this guy that is like his main contact, um, who's a professor, and basically challenges him to make something of his life now that he's in witness protection, and make up for the people that he's killed by becoming a doctor. And saving lives instead of taking them. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! The book, re- yeah, the book really gets started when um, he, you know, he's been a doctor for several years now, mm-hmm. and he starts one of his, um, you know, one of his laps, one of his rounds, and he stumbles upon this guy that recognizes him from his time in the mafia, and the guy basically says, like, I have, you know, stage five cancer. You guys have to operate on me. Um, if I die in surgery they'll come here and kill you. Like, I've deployed a message, and they will get it if I die. Mm. So it's like this beat the clock. I got I to gotta make sure that nobody, you know, figures out who I am. Uh, he has a lot of uh, emotions about hanging on to this medical career that he has rebooted himself through mm-hmm. um, and restarted his life through. And it's kind of told through the things happening in the hospital and then flashbacks to his time in the mafia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just like a textbook or or a, a medical book, um, it has like little footnotes to things that you might not understand in the medical profession or um, in his time in the mafia. Mm-hmm. And they are hilarious, Marcus. They're so funny. Like, (laughs) sometimes it'll be this really complicated medical thought, and there'll be a little footnote, and you'll, you know, go down to the bottom of the page, and it's basically like, like, you give a fuck what this (laughs) says. Like, it means nothing for the story, so just keep reading. Uh, And you're like, okay, (laughs) all right, I will keep reading. Um, And they're also really informative. Like, there are so many things, like, you know, this is actually a drug that makes you do this, and... Then it's, you know, somehow personal and it's the character being like, and I remember when I first took that drug on accident in college and blah, 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 blah. They're so interesting. Mm. Um, They're so informative. They're so snarky and funny. I definitely recommend reading them. Um, They're both like 300, 400 pages. And I I think I read the first one, like I said, in two days. Mm -hmm. And I read the second one the other day. I had um, about a two and a half hour commute. Mm -hmm both ways on a train and i read the entire second book in that community oh wow um it, it's just like a page turner page turner you want to know what happens mm-hmm. next um so i would definitely recommend that's that's one of the things that's been on my mind of yeah. late um i've just been so hungry for for mm-hmm. good novels so i was really happy to stumble on that's awesome dude 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thanks. What about you, man? What's the word? What what's what's booking along in in your neck of the woods? Uh man, I I have got to say, I mean, there's been a couple of things. Um definitely, definitely, definitely uh I've got to say this on the air. I got Kingdom Hearts, the story so far. Ooh, I did. I damn. got it. And Mitchell, so first proud off, of that game is harder than what I remember. The first one. <laughs> Holy crap. I was like, I, I had to look up. I felt like I was back in like the early 2000s. Like I had to go on like, I was like, how do you beat this level? <laughs> like game right. Radar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like looking up cheats and stuff like how to beat Ansem. <laughs> um, but the, uh, I do have to say though, the story in this, in this series is absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like if audience, if you if you ever look at Kingdom Hearts, look it up. You'll probably be like inundated with like a whole bunch of Disney stuff. Um, but it's 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 much much deeper than that. It is it's about good and evil and what it means to be good and evil um, within this world and like having darkness in your heart and being depressed and and all sorts of other mm. things that I was like, man, this went way over my head as a kid. But right now, um, this is, this is like, this is beautiful work. Um, and it's no wonder that it has such a fan base. Um, I'm probably mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. going to finish it before, uh, kingdom hearts three. Um, like all the, like the entire mm-hmm. thing. I'm only on the second game and there's like nine, <laughs> That have come out Jesus. like not like Kingdom Hearts Nine. It's been like Kingdom Hearts. Here's a side story. Do I have to play it? And like I, I, you know, I go on Facebook and I'm like, do I have to play these games to play Kingdom Hearts Three? And they're like, no, but you should. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But if you want the full right. experience of Kingdom Hearts, you absolutely. <laughs> and I'm should. like, and then I'm, and then I stop and I think to myself, I'm like, God, maybe this is how people feel when I talk about Marvel movies. And they're like, can I just watch the Avengers? And I'm like, yeah, you could. But if you want to be an idiot and not know, <laughs> if you want to be a fucking square thing, <laughs> um, you can like hear them pushing up their glasses like through the computer right. screen. But I will say though, uh, and I know we're gonna talk. I know we're probably gonna talk about it this week on on Popcorn Prattle. Um, which probably mm-hmm. comes out around the same time as this one. It'll probably be like the next two days after this airs. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home, that trailer dropped. Bruh. Bruh. It, it was so good. It it, it contains mm-hmm. so much. And there's so much to speculate oh, yeah. on. Audience, um, which if I you're think not, is really... Sorry, if you're Go not ahead, part sorry. of... Um, part of this yet uh we have a film talk like uh, a group page and it's it's so it's in so much fun everyone it's it's mainly me and like dave um oh yeah mitch you tend you tend to jump in on the comments which i love um you know and it's i do guilty you know like you know everyone that just loves film just sits there and talks about it and i made i wrote like a whole dissertation in like the discussion thread, which I, I'm like, oh, I guess I must must have taken all the talking points, but, um, <laughs> but 
there's so much to to think about with uh, with Spider Man Far From Home. Well, I think just um, and what it could mean for the MCU. Mm-hmm. Just because it it is like the first, you know, because Captain Marvel doesn't really take place in the same time period. Just because it is like back in the right, so. I think that everyone's really excited because <laughs> there were all those memes, first of all, that were like, I bet you're surprised to see that, like, Peter is still alive, like, or alive again, um, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious, of course. And, I mean, you mentioned it in that, that Film Talk um, group page, which is such fun, listeners. Like, it, it really is just such a blast to see what people and i think you know it started off with just a couple of us but it's definitely growing of people being Mm. like and what about this weird thing and people being like oh yeah i'm into that too um you did Mm -hmm. have a lot of great Mm -hmm. talking points but i think some of them are are worth mentioning again on the air here um just because first of all there's there's tons of speculation about like how the heroes are dealing with um, the fallout of like coming back to life after the events in Infinity War, and exactly where everyone's going to be uh, in, you know, the universe after um, Endgame happens, and I think that one mm-hmm. of the big things that people are thinking of for Spider-Man is, you know, like in this trailer. Aunt May is kind of like, hey, like, don't forget to pack your suit. And, you know, I'm so proud of you. And we did, we're doing so well with Spider-Man. And you're going on this trip. And, and you should take Spider-Man, like, that alias with you. And Peter's, you know, mm-hmm. for the first time since he's been introduced since, what was that, Civil War? Um, yeah. He was so excited to be present in, like, this big battle between heroes, essentially. Um, he mm-hmm. is now, like... That is the one thing that I don't need on this trip, right? Like, I don't yeah. need those memories, and I don't need that responsibility. Um, and in true mm-hmm. hero fashion, it is thrust upon him regardless. Um, one of the things that I was interested in, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, is Nick Fury seems mm. to just kind of roll in and take the, the mentor role away from Tony Stark. Um, yeah. in, in Spider-Man Homecoming for anyone who watched, um, Tony, the guy that plays Iron Man, um, or that is Iron Man rather played by Robert Downey Jr. Um, is kind of there being like, Hey, I'm going to make you a suit. I'm going to make you a big hero. And now in this trailer, it was Fury being like, Hey, you got to step up. You're a hero kid. Like put on the suit. Let's go for a walk. Right. And I was really blown away by that. I was like, oof, he's becoming a man really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, he's becoming the hero that we need. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I, and, I, and I mentioned this in the group. I think it is this idea that if... Because I think, I think, ultimately, the Sokovia Accords have to go away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't actually know, like... What they did about the Registration Act, maybe you can help me out, or I'm sure Dave will text me as soon as he's done listening to this podcast <laughs> um, and, like, give me the full scoop. But I can't remember um, how, like, what happens after Civil War as far as the registration goes, because um, a lot of the things that were that happened in Civil War got retconned, like, People don't know who Spider-Man... People don't know Spider-Man is Peter Parker anymore um, mm-hmm. within the Marvel Universe. Um, 
so it to me it's like does infinity war or rather does Endgame kind of wipe the slate clean as far as Sokovia Accords? do people realize that like hey humans are sorry superheroes are you know they're here to protect us we need to let them do their thing um kind of like it kind of echoes what was in agents of shield two seasons ago where shield finally came back and as far as goodwill goes they were like hey like we are this is shield this is a brand new shield it is completely free of hydra we have like here's the director of shield who is mm-hmm. uh you know uh the boy scout um literally with the patriot um and and he uh but he but he acknowledges like colson you are in charge like this is Mm -hmm. your like you are in charge of shield you know hey let's bring it back let's do it the right way um and i'm wondering if maybe like nick fury in this movie is like hey uh we need to do some um pr with superheroes Mm. And well, we as, need to make sure everyone likes you guys again. Yeah. I I see your point. And I think as, as far as I know, the Sokovia Accords and, like, the Registration Act hasn't really been touched in depth since mm-hmm. uh, Civil War. Right. All I know is there have been some moments, right, um, where, like, in the start of Infinity War... Um, there were a couple of moments, right, where, like, uh, Rhodey was talking to the senators, and then Captain America shows up, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's got some heroes with him, <laughs> right. and he's like, hey, you need to, like, the senator's like, you need to cuff them right now, and he's, like, on it, and then, like, dismisses the conversation <laughs> right. and like, logs off, essentially. Yeah. So, like, there, there seems to have been... I think the recognition in the the universe of the the Marvel you know movies that the characters within are trying their best to deal with the fallout of mm-hmm. you know these these bigger larger than life um, villains and things that have been happening to Earth specifically, mm-hmm. um, but they they are not in control clearly right right and so many of the movies leading up to Infinity War happen off world like quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, or or interdimensionally even, that uh, I don't think, you know, necessarily the, the United States government is caught up to speed on all that's been happening and who's been assembling and yada, yada, yada. Well, um, it's only uh, two days, I believe, Infinity War. Right. I mean, so, and meanwhile, you know, at the end, half of those people have been snapped away. So it's not like anyone's taking real action against anybody Mm -hmm. um and i think that that is the main thing that has been kind of echoing through with the registration act is that Mm -hmm. i think everybody knows that it's wrong like even tony who who signed up for it oh yeah the in the universe was like this is an imperfect solution but it's the only solution that's been presented um so i'm assuming that after endgame it's going to be kind of one of those, like, gulp moments mm-hmm. for the United Nations and the United States government in this MCU of them being like, um, yeah, so we obviously cannot compete with that kind of bullshit if we're just going to get snapped into dust. So <laughs> y'all handled it. Um, we appreciate you. 
and we wrote you a thank you card and tore up the accords. Like, I, I don't know what else will happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because obviously we're we're launching into phase four. Yeah. Um, Which who... But I'm sure there will be some PR in controlling that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're talking about with Spider-Man and him being like, look, like there are young people wanting to step up yeah. and save the world, no matter where they are. Which I'm excited about because to me, if... If Nick Fury is bringing in like a kid, which that mm-hmm. I mean that's essentially what Peter is. Um, could my big question is: Could we be seeing new, younger superheroes? Like, could we be seeing like, could we see Shuri get the Black Panther suit? Um, could we see mm. could Riri Williams uh, emerge as Ironheart within that's... this universe? You know. That's my big hope. Like, that's my big prediction. Mm. Um, I I mean, I think that that's another reason that we didn't see Tony in this trailer. Because I think that he's... my. It's my personal opinion that he's going to die. And I think it's going to be bittersweet. And everyone's like, no, that's way too obvious. He's just going to... He's going to be fine. I think it's going to be some sort of, like... And I'm leaving you guys now. Like, I... I I am dying in space and I've left, you know, like my AI version of mm-hmm. myself for the next generation. That's what I hope at least. And then then we can have a platform for Riri and for Shuri to to step on mm-hmm. top of. I, that is certainly the hope. I see, I don't think he's gonna die. I I I really you know what? I if if you were gonna kill him off, Infinity War was where you kill him. In, Infinity mm. War is where you kill Tony off, not Endgame. A lot of people are like, you know, like, oh, Cap and, and well, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Like, oh, their their contracts are up. And the thing that I, mm-hmm. the, you know, the thing that we forget is that the MCU is so much bigger than just Captain America and Tony Stark. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't That's have fair. to see them. For them to be in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I would mm-hmm. I would maybe say Tony takes a step back, you know, and you really let this new generation mm-hmm. uh be in control. Like they that they step up. You've got like your elders, so you've got Black Panther, you've got Doctor Strange, you've got Captain Marvel. So you have mm-hmm. like the new guard, but then it would be nice to see like these younger kids step up and also like kind of be like, okay, like, hey, let's get let's find ways to get more people interested in their comic books, you know? I also think that there is, now that you're saying this, there's a huge vacuum um, and an ability for them to fill that vacuum with multiple mm-hmm. teams, right? And I think that we got an inkling of that in uh, mm-hmm. Infinity War, right? With, like, these five heroes are here, and these five heroes are here, and these five are here. But I think what's so successful about the Avengers universe and, and the Marvel universe in the comic books is that there is a little... There's, like, a different team for each right. situation, Right. Um, and the Avengers is kind of like the sprawling, um, 
you know, like banner that they all fly under. But there's the Avengers, there's the Young Avengers, there's the mm-hmm. West Coast Avengers, there's the New Avengers, there's X-Men, right, we're dealing with now. Um, the Fantastic Four, the, right? We've got all of these different You've got the properties. champions with, like, all the younger superheroes. Yeah. The Defenders, yes. right? Like, And we're, we're starting to see some of these distinctions now. Um, so, I mean, it would only behoove them to maybe have, like, the classic Avengers take a back seat, right? Maybe, like, Tony and Cap are, are tapped out. Maybe they're not dead, but maybe they're like, gosh, mm-hmm. we're getting old. Like, talk talk about the 10-year challenge. Like, it's been, <laughs> it's been hard on us. All right. Right. Um, but and that and kind of let the the younger heroes like I would love to see a a new team where we get like some sort of sort of um like Thor offspring and we get some sort of um like Riri is a different version of Black Panther and maybe she takes up that mantle and mm-hmm. you know we get Spider Man all on the same like young heroes team. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've got like the street team with the defenders and, and just keep going with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that, you know, uh, Rhodes and, and Bucky create like the West coast Avengers and strange bumps in there <laughs> and it becomes some sort of weird, like interdimensional thing. Yeah. I, that's, you know, that's where we're seeing the continuation of phase four and phase five and, and basically this network to be created out of these movies and mm-hmm. out of this um, sprawling mythology that they have access to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be exciting either way, you know, it, as far as, especially if you're a fan of the comic books. I mean, I, I get it that, you know, not everybody is a fan of of, of these movies. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, as we'll talk about later, um, this this stuff is important to people, mm-hmm. you know, like there's not there's not I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, people only like this because it's new and it's fresh and it's edgy. Some people have been waiting their whole lives for movies like these and to mm-hmm. see these stories on the big screen instead of just instead of just reading about them. Representation matters, you know. Mm-hmm. In in even if you don't love it, I think the entire um, you know like black rights movement yeah. um, was so even if you hated fucking comic books, we're just so pumped to see Black Panther happen mm-hmm. and to see Luke Cage happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I know, and I would tell people all the time, you know, I you know I got an email from some guy that was listening to Popcorn Prattle. Who he was very respectful. He but he was like he's like why do you keep hyping up Black Panther? He's like it's not that great a movie. And he was listing all these reasons why you know like mm. movies like Civil War were so much better. And I was like I was like no 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 I agree with you. You know I'm like mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I'm like as far as storyline goes, like Winter Soldier better movie, Civil War better movie, Infinity War much better movie than Black Panther. But I said you don't understand. As like a white Brit, what it feels mm-hmm. like as a black American to see a movie where everybody on screen looks like me. Mm-hmm. You know, like that means something. That meant something to me as like an older, uh, an older individual. 
Now, imagine mm-hmm. that for, like, all these young kids who went to see Black Panther and they're shouting out Wakanda forever. And, you know, they're getting, they're into it. They're into nerd culture because mm-hmm. of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And you reclaiming know? it and making yeah. it their own. And I think that that's just as, um, you know, poignant for for. For everybody, everybody has something that they are are coming to the table with these movies with and and finding representation to. Like mm-hmm. I know in a, in a similar way, um, I think Captain Marvel is really exciting because it is like a one of the first female badasses solo film as a superhero who in the first trailer didn't smile. Like, right. I don't care if you think it looks like a stupid movie. I think it's important that she did not smile and that she didn't mm-hmm. succumb to that. And when people were like, she looks so mad, fucking good. I'm glad mm-hmm. she looks mad mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. women should be mad all across every different race. Like, I don't care what color you are. It's right. It's about that representation. It's about seeing someone that's just fucking pissed and has a platform for it. Yeah. Um. And so to like see her kick ass is Exciting in a in a completely you know in a similar but in a different way as seeing uh, representation for the African American community of Black Panther and going to the next thing and going to the next thing it can only get better it can yeah. only go up from here. So uh, so be careful, guys, before you start bashing Marvel movies. Yeah, they're more they're more than just comic books. They they mean something to lots of people. <laughs> That's what. Mom and Dad say, "Yeah." <laughs> um, and I just realized, Marcus, that I never replied to your uh, Kingdom Hearts, you know, excitement. Mm. Um, I'm also excited for Kingdom Hearts. It looks so good. There's so much to do. Um, there's so much to like revisit and relearn. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the cool part of our society to like tie it back into Marvel is that it's like old is new <laughs> again. We get to see. Um, Mm -hmm. like older stories brought back to life. And I know that Kingdom Hearts for me was one of those things that I was like, wait, all these characters can exist in the same universe. All these characters can talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I know like even people that don't play video games, like my, uh, my girlfriend even mentioned to me, she was like, I watched people play Kingdom Hearts because it was so cool. Like it just had so much happening. Oh yeah. I told her that a, a third one was coming out, and she was like, what? I'm going to buy that just so I can watch you play it. And I was like, <laughs> that's, but that's so exciting, right? Like it, it, like you're saying, it does mean something to mm-hmm. a lot of different people. Um, yeah. Because it does yeah. have those themes that stuck with people throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and plus, I mean, just like I said, I mean, just the – just how much story they put out um, – to go with this mythology that was simply like it's three kids on an island who want to get off and then they find out that not only are there other worlds but all these worlds are like disney related um mm-hmm. and it's like and it's and and an audience i gotta tell you like it's dark i did not realize mm-hmm. just how dark this this uh series was um, oh yeah until i until i replayed it and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, this is, I won't say it's, like, not for kids. But I mean, there's nothing inappropriate in there. But this is really dark for, like, to say, like, you know, your your two companions are Donald and Goofy. 
<laughs> you know. But I I think there's something really important um, to childhood, um, like, cartoons and childhood video games having um, not, like, mature content, but having serious themes. Yeah. Um, just because, like, you know, when I watched cartoons when I was a kid, the, like, life and death was on the line for some characters, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, when mm-hmm. you play Kingdom Hearts, like, it's serious business. Like, it's not... Just like, oh, and then, like, you start over or whatever. Like, it, there's some, like, really intense things that transpire and that happen that people talk about. And I think that that's important for kids developing, like, for their developmental stages so that they can say, like, they can experience those things without, um, like, real-life repercussions. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think a lot of kids, and I know that I, I think everybody kind of has that, like, wake-up moment of like no your your relative is really passing away like they're really dying right or or something similar right like your parents are getting divorced like they they're not going to be together anymore mm-hmm. and i don't think it gets rid of those moments or or dulls those moments in any way but i think it prepares them for those moments in in ways that we don't expect yeah just like seeing you know gay characters on tv prepares them for like uh you know their older sibling to be like oh and i have a girlfriend oh but you're a girl oh so it's just like that tv show Mm -hmm. yes right like it's it's just it's just like that but like learning those things and experiencing them in different ways i know i just went off on a tangent about childhood development but it, it really means a lot to me and i i know I'm excited to see us revisiting this content because I think it'll mean a lot to a lot of other children. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will too. Uh, And I think it, I mean, again, it's, you know, when you bring back something, I love that they, they brought back all the games they re-released them, remastered them and was like, Hey, like, have you ever seen these games before? Play them before you play kingdom hearts three so that you can, you can have that same joy when you, when, you know, another person who has played, um, who has played Kingdom Hearts all their lives, um, that same joy that they're going to have when they open up Kingdom Hearts and they hear that, they hear simple and clean play for the umpteenth time, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I know mm-hmm. I will definitely be there probably by the summertime because, again, I'm still, still digging, still, still digging deep, but... I mean, I'm enjoying myself. I'm taking my time with with these games. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. So, um, you know who else has been taking their sweet time? Oh God. <laughs> oh my! No, it's not that serious. Um, I'm just really excited about um John Wick three. Oh, okay, definitely, like, definitely thought it was something. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. Sorry, audience. I'm I'm looking what? at the notes from la- for la- later on in the show. <laughs> Sorry, no. I was ahead. No, Marcus, I need I need a little bit more prep. Um, before God, before we talk about the other Donald, I need I need a little bit more uh, prep for that. Um, but we will get to it. We we should wrap up. What's the word? But I I just want to say like honorable mention to John Wick three dropped like a ten second teaser. Dude. Um, of, and I'm pumped. Those movies are great. Like, they are, and they're so much fun, and they're so like 
kind of stupid, but they have right. just this weird like draw to them, like a mythology. I'm like, wait, I want to want to I want to know what happens like at the Continental and like what the rules are. And well, you know, that's I, that's to me that's the thing. That's the thing that keeps John Wick from like being like really, really, really like the next big thing. I mean, it's it's big, mm-hmm. but it's not like marvel big you know what i mean like there's not like one of these Mm -hmm. other big franchises big i think what's separating it is and what keeps it kind of like fast and furious tier Mm -hmm. it doesn't elaborate on the world yeah that's a good point i never thought of it like that but i think that is a perfect tier for it to be Mm -hmm. like and for it to occupy um because it is it it doesn't there's no like other content you just have to wait for the next movie Mm mm-hmm and then when you and that's exciting. And when you get the next movie, you know, like John Wick two, you know, they introduce like several other elements. You know, well, like when he goes to Italy, mm-hmm. and you obviously see that all these assassins, whatever like their organization is, started in Italy, mm-hmm. or right. rather, started like specifically like started in Rome, right. And mm-hmm. they have, like, their rituals, you know? Like, you find out why, like, how John Wick was able to to do the, um, you know, the unbeatable task. Um, or, like, what, mm-hmm. how, whatever, however they phrase it. Um, like, that mm-hmm. made him Baba Yaga. Um, but it's like, but I want to know more about that. No, 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 no. Watch this mm-hmm. fight scene. But, no, no, but, but seriously, like, that was real interesting, like, I don't understand that. I need you to explain <laughs> it to me because that looks real. That looks real ancient. Like it's almost like it's one notch away from being Assassin's Creed, the way Assassin's Creed should be done. I was just about to say it. <laughs> I was just about to say it. Right? Um. It. But yeah. I mean, and I I love that they're kind of like gently shushing me back into complacency as like another fight scene happens. <laughs> right. And I have to like go back and rewatch it to be like, yeah, wait, I got wound. Oh no, they're fighting. I'll stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're fighting. They're still fighting. Um, and it's, they're so well done. And I think it's Keanu Reeves at his best. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because mostly he doesn't talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and he just does, like, the cool stunts and has that, like, weird attitude that he always has. And I love it. It, it kind of brings me back to, like, the Matrix days, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, honorable honorable mention to John Wick. I'm certainly excited. I can't wait for that trailer. Yep. I'm sure that we will discuss when it comes mm-hmm. out. Um, I know that you guys uh, talked about it or will talk about it, I'm sure, on Popcorn Prattle. But Aquaman great movie i enjoyed it i saw it over the past uh, couple of weeks oh yeah uh i had a i had a blast watching it mm-hmm. and it just hit over a billion yeah. um, dollars at the box office which is looking pretty good for the future of the dc universe and for their you know continuance to make movies um i'm excited to see where we go and where the the next lineup leads us in that regard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i i feel pretty good you know, continuing with DC in that I just got the the DC streaming service Did a couple you? Of weeks ago. Yeah, there was a a deal. Um, I think for New Year's actually. Of course, there was. That was like, <laughs> of course. <there> was. <laughs> and you know me, I'm a sucker for a deal. Um, so it was like three bucks a month for the first three months oh, or something like that. Okay, um, that's not bad. And I was like, th- no. And I was like three bucks a month instead of like eight dollars a month. I- 
I can do yeah. it. Um, and I gotta say, I'm really enjoying the content. I'm really, I've logged some good, some good time on that website. Um, even just like playing some of the old cartoons that I watched when I was a kid, mm. like in the background while I'm working or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really structuring it, some of it well, like talk about, um, you know, like, uh, you know, more mature themes mm-hmm. um, in a kid's show, like the Young Justice season three mm-hmm. they've been coming out with. Um, they've released three episodes every Friday since mm-hmm. um, the first week in January. So we've got six episodes so far, three episodes coming out this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. They're crossing platforms like um, Black Lightning is actually like a big member of the team. He's not quite like leading the team, but... Um, like Nightwing is, but he is kind of, you know, non-committal at first. He's like, I don't want to lead another team. Yeah. And the other heroes are like, suck it up. Like you're the you're the person. Right. And he's kind of like, shit, okay. Um and also to like tie in representation, there is a um a, a female character on Young Justice who is wearing a hijab. And she actually, like, does not remember um, why. Mm -hmm. Like, she can't actually remember anything from before she, like, blacked out and got superpowers. Mm -hmm. Um, And a character asks her about it. She's like, hey, like, so if you can't remember anything, like, why the the headscarf? Like, why the hijab? And she's like, because it feels right. Mm. And they literally don't talk about it at at all after that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and she's an immigrant. She's a refugee from, like, a made-up country. But... It just feels so important to have that in there. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing that? Because it matters to me. Okay, great. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on. Right, um, right. I just love that they're doing that, and I I love that I'm like eager for more content. Mm-hmm. And the next time that I'm gonna get more content, yeah. Um, it feels really important. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll check. Maybe um, I'll finally check it out. I I don't know. I think. I'm still, you know, I'm still on my Netflix and my Hulu and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, if it's, I mean, if there's another, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be another deal. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe on the next one, I'll I'll give it a shot because, um, like I said, I mean, I do like DC's content when it's not their, not their movies. Although I did like, I did enjoy Aquaman. Um it was good, fun, good. you know. It was it was fun, and it was something mm-hmm. that I was like, "This is what the this is what the DCEU needed from the beginning." Mm-hmm. It not like laughs every five seconds, but it needed to Mm-mm. feel like, you know, golden age superheroes. You know, I yeah yeah like Batman. I said to a friend of oh go ahead. I said to a friend of mine, like, the fact that Aquaman's redeeming, like, storyline for this movie was his ability to talk to fish mm-hmm. was very super friends. Right. Like, was very golden age, just like you're saying. Very – I was just like, that makes sense to me. I buy it. It's so stupid and it's so crazy, mm-hmm. but, like, that's why it works perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And it was – and it was just – I mean, and I love the comic accurate – costumes as well like they didn't shy Mm -hmm. they didn't shy away from it like even marvel to a degree is almost ashamed to go full into like comic book territory because you know like you know i I think about like the the uh the incredible hulk movie 
where they're like, mm-hmm. like, what will I become? Mm-hmm. It's like, you'll become an abomination. So his name is Abomination. You could just say that his name was Abomination. It's okay. Right. You know? Right. You don't have to, like, sneak it yeah. in. You know, like, or, like, kill, like, or no, because I feel like they did it with, they've been doing it more so with the villains lately, like Killmonger, uh, Hela, Vulture. Well, I mean, Hela's her name, but still, you you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I think yeah. that's important. I think that that's what makes comic movies what yeah. they are. Um, embracing that, the ability to mm-hmm. embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad that we don't have to send, like, you know, that they listen to what we say and we don't have to send a letter and be like, Marvel, you guys fucked up and like (laughs) DC, you guys are doing it wrong. Like it finally seems like everybody's hitting their groove and everybody's doing it right. Um, or at least to some extent. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know who did need a letter? Now we're going to talk about Donald. Oh, now we're going to talk about (laughs) Donald. Now we're going to talk about Donald. Oh, boy, oh, Um, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) God. I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet just because... Because of that. Um, And, and, and... But did you hear... And and I want to throw my little disclaimer in like we always do. Audience. Mm -hmm. We... Mitchell and I have a certain set of opinions. That does not need to be your opinion. As we've said earlier in the show, if you don't no. like this segment, uh, which is affectionately named A Moment in the Safe Space, you don't have to stay here. You <laughs> can go to another segment. It's fine. Um, but I do feel I was I was really glad when I saw that you put this on, on for the show tonight because I do feel like it's important mm-hmm. to talk about. It's important, as you said, and I think from episode one, it's important to stay informed. Um, and mm-hmm. so that is what we are aiming to do while also giving you our opinion. Now, you can say that you don't like our opinion. That's fine. But Mitchell always gives you guys facts before he gives you our opinion. So there's my disclaimer. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, appre- I appreciate the disclaimer and I appreciate you keeping me honest um, because it is, you know, it is hard to separate fact from opinion sometimes yeah. and it is hard to leave the emotionality out of it mm-hmm. because it, it does affect people day to day. Specifically when we get into talking about um, the government shutdown, which is, you know, kind of part of what I want to mention tonight. Um, so... Just today, as we are recording this, um, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi sent a letter to President Donald Trump asking to move the day of the State of the Union address um, or to deliver it in writing, citing security concerns from the ongoing government shutdown. Now, yes, this uh, affects me kind of like secondhand personally. My dad is currently furloughed. He's been out of work for almost a month now. Um and and that's that's hard for me yeah. personally to see him struggle through that. But he himself has a very differing opinion on the government shutdown, on why it's necessary. Uh, he agrees with certain things that I don't agree with. He disagrees with things that I disagree with. Yeah, like we have differing views and that's right. okay. But I still think it's important to talk about 
um, this because it's a big deal, mm. you know? Like, moving the State of U the Union, that's, that's a normal thing that happens every single year. It's something that we, you know, have come to rely on as an American mm -hmm. people. Um, Nancy Pelosi said that uh, in her letter, sadly, quote-unquote, given the security concerns and un uh, unless, unless government reopens this week, I suggest we work together to determine another suitable date after government has reopened for this address or for you to consider delivering your State of the Union address in writing to Congress on January 29th. Um, now, you know, very professional. She's asking him. She's giving him options. Um, but she has, you know, ongoing um, security concerns regarding the shutdown. You guys, listeners, you might have heard of, like, um, the TSA, right? They didn't get their check last week. So um, people started playing, like, really vulgar, uncensored rap music in the JFK airport. <laughs> um like it's it's been you know people rebelling there are um you know walks there's um protests things yeah. like that people are not sure when they're going to get paid so why do they have to continue to do mm -hmm. their jobs um there's a lot of questioning that in involves that um so you know while i was looking at the new york times i looked at cnn um and they both said pretty much the same thing which you know while pelosi's letter is framed really nicely and as a request like f please find a new date i think that we should work together to determine this new date um the decision of when to host the president is very much up to the speaker of the house mm -hmm. this is the great thing about our three branches of government right um the house and the senate have to pass resolutions to actually green light the state of the union mm -hmm. they have to say that it's okay now neither of those branches have uh, uh um, you know, pieces of, of Congress have done so yet. And so Pelosi kind of controls whether the House passes anything at all. So while this is framed as a, a nice request, it is really not within the president's control. Um, and to that effect, some members of Democratic leadership have to, uh, taken a more like confrontational tone with Trump. Um, House Majority Leader um, Steny Hoyer actually told CNN, at this hour, the State of the Union is off. Um, there was a uh, um, representative, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the chair of the House Democratic Caucus, actually tweeted, individual one will not be permitted to deliver his State of the Union address until government reopens. Welcome to life in the new Democratic majority. Get used mm. to it. Um, which, I mean you know, feels right mm -hmm. to me. Um, th it's, it's crazy. This is actually the longest shutdown of the government in United States yep. history. Um, government partially shut down on December 22nd. It is January 16th. We're coming up on a month. Um, and this is regarding the impasse being whether to include additional funding for Trump's signature, you know, campaign promise of a wall along the U S border with Mexico. <laughs> um, Jesus so wept. you can, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I obviously don't fucking agree. I think it's stupid. I, I can't believe that we are that, you know, thousands of Americans are out of work because he wants a wall that, um, and he knows he's coming to the end of his he time. He said that Mexico was going to pay for, and we all, I feel like a lot of people knew it was going, that was a lie. Everyone's like, nope, that's not going to happen. No, 
No, Mexico is definitely paying for the wall. N- nope, definitely not paying for the wall. What does he say? Well, I think it was last week. Now, when I said, folks, that Mexico was going to pay for the wall, obviously that was just a metaphor. <laughs> I said what? I, you know what? I, I, you know, what, Mitchell, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a backtrack a little bit because I did watch, I did watch something new mm-hmm. that I should have mentioned. I was watching. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, okay? But a series of unfortunate events on Netflix, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, with yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. With Neil and Patrick as Harris, as I was watching a series of unfortunate events and watching Neil Pat Neil Patrick Harris's. Amazing mm-hmm. performance as Count Olaf. I came to the realization Donald Trump is Count Olaf. And we and we, the American oh people, God. are the Baudelaire children. We are the Baudelaire children. <laughs> He's got us in his clutches. Fuck. Mm, not Fuck, really. Man. Like um, not about clutches. Like you've inconvenienced us, but we're not as in your clutches. No, no Baudelaire's. I have you in my clutches. I'm going to get the Baudelaire fortune. <laughs> mm. You keep saying that like it's going to happen, and every single time it doesn't work out the way that you want it to. Yeah, I mean, he, he's getting like the personal <laughs> fortune of um, specific Americans who are donating to the fucking GoFundMes that are on like Facebook and shit to fuel the wall. But it's like, I am just left here questioning, like, how is this still working out for him? Like, how has this not been stopped yet? You know what I mean? Like, he was like, Mexico's going to pay for the wall. And now the same people that voted for Mexico to pay for the wall are like, you know what? Here's like, I, I, I'm just like wow, it, it's really revelatory. You didn't care about his promise for Mexico to pay for the wall. You just really fucking like walls. Well, I can tell you, there's a, this amazing thing called drywall. Um, you can put up a wall in your own home. You could build a fence, for Christ's sake. You could also just like not fucking worry. No, about but Mitchell, immigration. MS thirteen is coming. Problem. They're they're on a care. <laughs> MS thirteen. The he, caravan. He market. talks about the caravan. He talks about caravans, Mitchell. Like, I haven't heard. like so when he said that he did what he when he said Mexico was paying for the wall, he said it was a metaphor, or he didn't. Or sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Keep me honest, folks. He said, I didn't mean it literally, <laughs> which is so much better. Um, he said that he's like, listen, he's like, this fo- from he's like, listen, away. folks, okay, in Honduras, I'm not making this up, in Honduras, there is a caravan forming. I'm like, are we talking about a caravan or a hurricane? What are we what are we doing right now? Like you're like listen, it's coming it's coming from the south, folks. What are we doing? Okay. Batten down the hatches, get the get the bread and milk. <laughs> Cause the caravan is coming. Hurricane Hurricane Caravan is oh coming. I just I Hurricane Caravan. Jesus <laughs> Lord, have mercy on our souls. Um We've lost literally all of the Republicans. Anyone that was listening was like, Oh, they started this off really respectful and then we were like, We're gonna build a wall and they were like, Okay, we're skipping, we're skipping over. Um Listen, I gave to that GoFundMe dog on it. <laughs> bruh, bruh. Like I worked I put in overtime so that I could donate to the wall. Well, 
You got played, motherfucker. <laughs> Cong- I don't know what to Where's tell DJ you. DJ Khaled at? Congratulations. You played yourself. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... Dude, I'm going to start a GoFundMe, say that it's for the wall, and 100% of the profits will just go to me. <laughs> will just go to my fucking ass. And I bet you I'll make thousands of dollars. Well, no, because did you hear what happened? One of my students was telling me about it. She was telling me the story about this this uh, black chick down in Georgia or something. Comes out as like staunch Republican. Like, I love Trump. I think he's great. And everyone was mm-hmm. like, and the Republican Party was like, oh my gosh, like, there's a black girl that loves us and she's very open about it. We need to give her money. So apparently they gave her mm-hmm. money. And then she was like, psych, I'm a communist. <laughs> they kept what? the money. I don't know. I'm, I haven't seen the article, but she was telling me about it. And I must have laughed, Mitchell, for like 10 minutes. And every, and every like two minutes, I was like, psych, communism. And that would just put me in a fit of laughter again. Oh, my God. That's incredible, though. <laughs> that is, that... They're like, we're so oh. desperate for a win. We, we, we will throw money at even a lie. <laughs> oh, my God. They just must have been blown the fuck oh, away. Oh, yeah. You know, um, you know that they had so much egg on their face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't handle that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. We tried. We did honestly try. We, we did. <laughs> we did. And you got the facts. Hopefully you listened to the facts and then you you tuned out or right. skipped over. Whatever. <laughs> I just... This is my fucking podcast, all right? So... <laughs> That's what we need to do. Yeah. We need to, we need to say it's a moment of safe space and we're going to give you the facts and we give them, like, a chance to to, like, fast forward. Yeah, be like fast forward yeah. now. I'm gonna right, build the wall. Fuck Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we both came uh, in at the same time. <laughs> yeah, of course, because you know we're on the same page. Exactly. Um, but I actually am interested in. I know this is going to be depressing. Um, but you brought up that you wanted to talk about um the whole R. Kelly thing. I did. Speaking of. Uh, of just like horrible people being beings. taken advantage of, yes, and and <laughs> horrible human beings that that as well. Listen, um, so I wanted to, I wanted to give you the platform to do that. Thank you. Listen, yeah. and and you know I said the horrible human beings thing. Like, look, if you like Trump, that that's fine, whatever. But I I honestly I am I'm not going to make any sort of excuses right now as a man as a black man i'm not going to do it you cannot support r kelly Mm -mm. after the documentary that i saw and you can come up and you can make excuses and say like well why did it take a documentary for everybody to get up in arms i'm like well i'm sorry i don't have r kelly's direct line okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't i don't I'm not in his personal circle. I don't know all the stuff that he's doing in his life. But thanks to this documentary, guess what? I heard enough. I don't mm-hmm. even they didn't even tell you like the intimate details and I was I was I was honestly sick. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, are there was an R Kelly uh documentary 
about his um, about the claims about his pedophilia, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. claims of sexual abuse towards mm-hmm. young women, young black women, um, and I and I say young black women because of one of the big points that they make on the show, um, or sorry, on this six part documentary. It was on Lifetime. Um, it's kind of been on a loop. Like I think they play an episode like almost every other day or something. So if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to check it out. And then I encourage you to let's make some sort of movement to try and get this man um, in jail and to finally get some justice. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about we talk about, you know, the hashtag me Too movement. We talk about hashtag times up. R. Kelly's time Mm -hmm. is up and it has been up. Okay, and the things that he is doing is are horrible. And 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 the the worst part about Mm -hmm. it, Mitchell, the thing that Mm -hmm. kills me is that. The black community. Is. And I and I and I can't even say like the entire black community because obviously I'm part of the black community. And I don't care for for mm-hmm. R. Kelly. There's a number of black people that I've I've met that I've spoken to that do not like mm-hmm. R. Kelly. But then, but then, I know members of the black community who will support R. Kelly, who will defend him, and I will quote the Boondocks. Okay, I will quote the Boondocks when they had their R. Kelly episode. Mm-hmm. Stop treating R. Kelly like he is Nelson Mandela. Okay, <laughs> and matter of fact, stop treating, stop treating people who do bad things like heroes. Mm-hmm. Okay, black folk, set. Let's set the bar higher for ourselves. And for our children, okay, so that our community can truly be elevated. Mm-hmm. All right, you, Obama. That's somebody. That's somebody that you know we should support. That's somebody that is a hero. That's somebody that you point at and you say you try to be like that. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly is not on Obama's level. He's not on anyone's level. Okay, because what he did to these young black females is atrocious. And there is no reason why that man should not be in jail right now. And if you haven't seen the documentary, there are things in this documentary that I promise you will make the hair stand up on your head. You will sit there and you'll be like, there is no way that this is real. There's no way. And as you watch, because I was sucked in. I was, I sat there. I was like, I'll watch a couple minutes mm-hmm. of this. Mitchell, a couple of minutes became three <sighs> hours. Three hours. And the stories got worse <sighs> and worse and worse. One girl, she got taken to some, she got taken back to one of his little, you know, dens <sighs> or whatever. And he... She went to one room and she said the things that he would make us do in here and this, that, and the other. And of course she didn't describe it, but again, you could see on her face just how horrible it mm-hmm. was. And then she was like, I can't even be in here right now. And I, 
And it just made me angry as a man to sit there and just look at that and to be like, you know what? I'm like, this is this is why this is why women don't trust men. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why, because women come up, they 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 say they say these things, and then they go on Twitter or they go on Facebook, and what are people saying? Well, they're just in it for the money. They got book deals. They got this. They got that. They're getting paid from this. Mm-hmm. Who cares? I don't care. That doesn't negate what R. Kelly did. Now, what they do after the fact, that's on mm-hmm. them. I, I don't really care. Okay? If that's how they want to cope with it, that's how they cope with it. Everybody copes with something mm-hmm. differently. But here's the thing. Here's, here are, here's you know, we're talking about some facts. Here's some mm-hmm. facts. This man is a pedophile. There it is. He is locking, he is locking young black women, sorry, young black girls, not grown women, not grown Mm. women, although there were a couple of women that were on there, but girls. Are you kidding Mm. me? Are you kidding me? And to see these parents sitting there and they're like boohoo crying. Saying, I'm not leaving this air, this neighborhood until I find my daughter. Mm-hmm. They stay there all night. Can't see their daughter. They don't know if she, they don't know if she's alive or dead. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? We got, we, we as a society. And I'm going to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. We as a society have to do better. Okay. You can put the blame on Trump with the shutdown, but we as a society have to do better. We are allowing that behavior. Mm -hmm. We are allowing R. Kelly's behavior. Mm -hmm. We are allowing bad behavior in general, okay? And this isn't something new, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, well, you know, when we talk about like racism, racism isn't Mm -hmm. new. Sexism isn't mm-hmm. new. Bigotry isn't mm-hmm. new. Okay? We just chose to ignore it. But now, now that is coming in the forefront, the people who are against it, who are against that change, you need to take a good, long, hard look at them. You really do. Mm-hmm. Because I, I for one... I will not tolerate it anymore. And if you've got a question that, if you got a question about it, to quote Luke Cage, you want me, you know where to find me. Okay? You can find me right here on Not So Famous. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. If you if if for some reason what I said to you made you angry before you come step to me. You take a good, long, hard look at mm-hmm. yourself and you ask yourself, what did Marcus say to really make that really set me off? Oh, R. Kelly's a pedophile. That set me off. I'm angry. Why? Are you defending him? No, I'm not defending him. Well, then why are you upset? Mm-hmm. We are, we, we contributed to Trump's bad behavior to shut down the government. And now we got people here who are not, not everybody knows how to budget. 
Not everybody put their money in savings. Mm -hmm. Some people still live paycheck to paycheck because that's all they know. That's all they know. So now with the government shut down, guess what? They don't have food. They got families. And we're sitting here like, oh, well, you know what? They need to, they should have learned to budget better. Or like, oh, we're getting back pay, guys. Well, it's the Democrats' fault for – it's all bullshit. And I c- completely yes. agree. And not to like you know get in on the, the coattails of your, your big speech. No, but no, like, no, it's like It's that same shit with uh, – with like the Gillette commercial too, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. It's, it's like people people are so up in arms about this fucking commercial and it's like why? Why well, it's mm-hmm. literally asking us to be better people. And if you don't think if you think you're fucking God's gift and you're already perfect, you're lying to yourself. Why are you mm-hmm. so upset? Is it is it the, you know, respecting women part? Then that's mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. That is completely on you. Just like you're saying, if you are defending R. Kelly and you oh, you get upset, take a good hard look at yourself and why you are so upset. Because I I don't think it's R. Kelly. I think it's fucking you. You and you know you at some point you think that it's okay for for mm-hmm. him to be a pedophile. You yeah. think we can separate that from his artistry or or whatever or. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just not important. Like we we just ha- there has to be a line. There yeah. has to be a line. I mean, I I used to really enjoy a good Kevin Spacey performance, mm-hmm. and now I I I vomit whenever I see him mm. because I and I just I get so disgusted and I get so angry. And I sit there and I'm like, I, I'm like, I cannot, I cannot in good conscience still support this person. And if you're, mm-hmm. and if you sit there and you're like, well, Marcus, I'm like, I'm sure if, you know, if it was a best friend or whatever, oh, believe me, believe me, I have cut off friends mm-hmm. because of such behavior. I've told and- friends, I'm like, look, you're going to treat this person with respect or we're done. We are no longer friends. I think it's the only way to do it. Like it, mm-hmm. there, there just has to be a line. And and I'm not. We're not talking about moral absolutism. Of course, there are gray areas. No. Of course, there are things that you know are specific to each situation. But mm-hmm. at, at a certain point, there has to be right and there has to be wrong. And yeah. You have to, you know, stick to those values even when it's difficult, even when it's mm-hmm. – especially when it's difficult, especially yep. when it's hard. And and you have to do it on, uh, you know, a big scale level and say, I'm not going to watch a Kevin Spacey performance anymore. And you have to mm-hmm. do it on a small specific to you scale level and say, I am not going to talk to that friend or I'm going to unfriend them on Facebook because that shit is – I won't tolerate it. I won't tolerate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you have to cut yourself off and and move forward. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It, hey, it sucks, but it's a brand new year. Perfect time, and you know we're talking about challenges. Maybe that's your challenge this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we to ended stand the year. Up. Yeah, we ended the year. You know, Mitchell started the, this show. You know, talking about empathy. And caring about your fellow man. 
if you don't have that in that mindset in your life, mm-hmm. try to get it this year. Try. See what a difference it makes. Maybe you might find that you're not as angry anymore. Little things don't bother you as much. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I'm I'm off my I'm I'm moving my soapbox down. I well, I I got it out. <laughs> no, but I I appreciate you. I appreciate you for doing that and and for getting up there because I think it's important. I think we need to have these discussions. And even if you're out there listening and you're like, I don't get that. Like I I don't understand what he's talking about. That's okay. You yeah. listened, right? That's the first step. Listen again. Try and process it. Move forward. That's all mm-hmm. that we can ask, you know, that people yeah. we're giving each other platforms to say what's on our minds and say what's really important to us. Um, that's what the moment in the safe space is all about. Don't be sorry. Exactly. Um, I will say just to, to brighten our spirits just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I included um, this just because I knew that we were going to get into some heavy stuff. Right. Um, if you need something to pick your spirits up and make you feel like. Damn, I am part of something larger. I have good news for you. This Sunday, we are due to experience a full lunar eclipse. And what's even more special is that it will also fall into the category of being a supermoon. As it will run slightly closer to, like, Earth during this time. And this is the coolest part because I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. It is going to be a blood moon, meaning that you will be able to see the sun's atmosphere reflected off the moon from anywhere in North or South America. So everything's kind of going to go dark. Um, It's going to be late at night. And we're going to see this big, like, kind of reflection in the moon of um, the sun's outer atmosphere. Oh, my god! And it's, it's going to paint the moon red, and that's going to be so cool. Um, this eclipse is going to last for – it's going to be, like, actually, like, four hours from when it starts to when it finishes. But the peak of it, when it's going to be a full blood moon, um, is about an hour and 20 minutes starting at 11.40 p.m. on Sunday and lasting till about 1 in yeah. the morning on uh, Monday. So – Get excited if you're out Sunday night or maybe, you know, you can grab up the uh, the fam and be like, hey, before we go to sleep, before we get up our, our job on Monday, let's take a look at the moon and, and feel a little bit more, I don't know, appreciative, cosmically yeah, aligned. why not? <laughs> why, it's something fun to do and... and you know, I, I remember being a kid and having someone be dragging me outside onto the front lawn. Look up at the moon. Whoa. And now that we have the technology to know exactly when it's going to happen, I think it's so cool that we can, like, prep mm-hmm. for it, you know? You know, you just, you just load up your spaceship. Mm-hmm. And you just go right, you just go right into the, right into the sky. Right. Marcus, do you, do you have something you want to talk about? I do. I really do. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, boo? So, Kanye's Corner, we have mm-hmm. not, we haven't, we haven't got a chance to do one in, in, in a bit. In a minute. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we've been talking about, I feel like we've been talking about music, but it hasn't been about Kanye. Um, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Mitchell, I'm so excited mm-hmm. about this. I haven't listened to them yet, but uh, another podcast that I, I've i kind of talked to, hopefully, one day, one of us has to get on the show. Um, either, either we have to get on their show or they have to come to us. Um, but the Book okay. of Yay, they have, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. new episodes. They have new podcast okay. episodes, and they are they are 
one of the episodes is they're like, we're gonna talk about what's been happening with Kanye and and us in the past couple of uh, in the past couple of months. So mm. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to hear what they say. It's like an hour. It's almost a two hour episode where they just talk about that apparently. Um, but I can't I, wait. You right? Um, but that's neither that's neither here nor there. Um, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about Kanye. We're still on the college dropout. For those of you who don't know, um, this is kind of an exploration of Kanye's discography to figure out how did he get to the point that he is now. Um, and a lot of times we end up talking about race relations. We talk about society. Um, we talk about mental health as well, mm-hmm. um, which is which is you know always important, especially nowadays. I feel um, the last uh, the last song we talked about was "All Falls Down." Mm. Um, right, right. My personal favorite. <laughs> I think it is my favorite from from College Dropout. It's so good. This um, one. I gotta say, Mitch, I I agree that that like, look all falls down is great, but to <laughs> me, nothing beats spaceship. I know. I remember. I remember working at Quantico Marine Base. I was an mm-hmm. overpaid cafeteria worker, mm-hmm. and there was a point where someone was like, "I can't keep working like this. This grave shift is like a slave ship," and I turned around I was like. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I've been working this grave shift. I ain't made shit. I think I should buy me a spaceship and fly. Fly. <laughs> past the sky. Right? I'm like, I'm like, and everyone starts joining in. I'm like, woo! I was like Ric Flair man, up in there, man. man. I was like, woo! <laughs> Dude, I. I feel that, and I know this song means a lot to you. You've told me that that story right. so many times, and it's it's the best story to hear about Kanye's earlier work. Yeah. I think because it means so much to you. Like it's it's a you know a specific memory that pops up. Mm-hmm. It says that encapsulated exactly what I feel and what I felt during that moment. And I got to be honest, like I'm looking at the lyrics right now, and mm-hmm. <sighs> man, I relate. Like. If my manager insults me again, I will be assaulting Assaulting him. him. (laughs) Right? It's like, it's just everything that you want to do. Like, it's, it's, uh, and it's also about escape, right? And escapism. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just love that it starts off to like, man, like, I've been working this shift and I I ain't made shit. I just, I wish I could literally fly off the fucking planet. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, Oh, I just I could go on and on and deconstruct the lyrics, and I know that's not you know what this segment was made for, but it really just it takes me back and it increases like my appreciation, yes. especially for his earlier work. That mm-hmm. it it doesn't have to be that I even have a specific memory like you do with Quantico or something, but I'm seeing these. Y'all don't know my struggle. Y'all can't match my hustle. You can't catch my hustle. You can't fathom my love, bruh. Mm-hmm. And then he talks, you know, about going into what he's been doing, locking himself in a room, doing five beats a day for three summers. Like, 
it's that hustle. It's that grind yeah. that we're always talking about. Yeah. Uh, I just appreciate Early Kanye. Early Kanye, especially with College Dropout, I feel just relates so heavily to what a lot of people that – a lot of the guests that we've had on the show, it kind of matches how they, you know, how they feel. They everyone, everyone that we've brought on has like a humble origin. You know what I mean? Like, no mm-hmm, one on mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. was like, I went to Juilliard, and then I did this, and then I did that, and then I was, I won five Oscars. It's like, no, they were all just regular Joes who were, you could say they were all yeah, not they so were famous. All, hey, they were all not so famous, right? They're on, they're <laughs> sitting there, and like, man, like, how do I, uh, you know, how do I get to... How do I become famous? How do I how do I just make myself happy? But we've all had that job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it was Quantico, it was Chick-fil-A, it was Krispy Kreme, you know. It was those jobs working Ooh. during the summertime, just being like, man, I really need to just graduate or do something more with my life. I cannot be stuck here forever. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm, and that's what, mm-hmm. and that's what Kanye says. You know, he's like, uh, uh, you know, taking my hits, writing my hits, writing my rhymes, playing my mind. This fucking job can't help him, so I quit. Y'all welcome. You know, it's like I was like, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. thinking like when I I would say that, I would say those lyrics. I'm like sitting in the car during the break, and I would sit there and I'm like listening to those lyrics, and I was like, man, I cannot wait. Like, wait, wait. Until the end of the summer, you know. Oh, y'all can't appreciate me, you know. You you know you're saying all this other stuff to me. I'm like, do you realize like this type of stuff that I get to do outside of here? Like, I am a somebody outside of this job. In this job, nobody, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, even having even like down to like. If my manager assaults me again, I will be assaulting him after I fuck the manager up. Then I'm going to shorten the register up. It's like, I remember, I remember being in Quantico and wanting to punch my manager so bad one day. Because he just kept harassing Mm me. Mm -hmm. He just kept harassing me. And I was like, if I was not afraid of going to jail right now. I'm like, I would clock this dude in the face and just walk out. You know, but I need the money. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But it's like everything about this song, you know, it just screams. It screams millennial. It screams I'm a 20-something year old. It Mm -hmm. screams, hey, man, (laughs) don't worry, because one day... You're going to get out of this job. You're going to get paid. You're going to you're gonna be happy, um, which I think is, you know, great because of because of the guests that we have coming up, um, you know, where it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, our guest is still teaching, but but <laughs> you know, he's not planning on leaving, but uh, he but you can you can just tell you could just tell. Um, he is that much happier um, because he took that leap. He took the challenge. He took the challenge and succeeded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. And it's such a, 
I, I mean, just yeah. to back tread too, to like yeah, say one more thing about this song before we wrap up and get to our guest. Like, I, I also think that there's a, like a kind of uh, nihilism mm. in people today, right? Like in, especially in younger folks, people just being like, it, it, I don't even know what to do anymore. And like, it's not my fault anymore because this world is so fucked up now. And it's kind of comforting to look at lyrics from 20 years ago and see exactly that represented like he's look at my check wasn't no scratch so if i stole wasn't my fault yeah i stole never got caught right like it it just propels me into that same idea of man our world has been fucked up for a while and everybody like you're saying marcus has Mm -hmm. had that job at some point where they're like man i wish i could just steal everything and leave and like blast away Mm -hmm. quite literally and I think that that's like this is this song is three minutes of let me blast off and get away. Let me just leave my current life. What if mm-hmm. things were different? Reflecting on what things are now and what if I could just leave the planet? And I'm, I've been asking myself that a lot lately because other crazy worlds seem a mm-hmm. lot better. Even in their their bullshit. I'm like, I would prefer that bullshit than the McDonald's yeah. bullshit. That is happening with our current president. <laughs> All that to say, I would prefer to join the world that was created by our next guest. I'm so excited for this interview. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. Um, you got to stay tuned after the break. Marcus, you have anything to say before we wrap up and get into this interview? Mitchell. Marcus, I can't keep working like this. This grave shift is like a slave shift. <laughs> it's okay. We just got the interview and then we'll be done, man. We'll be done. We can do it. Thank you for diving into that, Marcus. I appreciate it. Yeah. I know that's your favorite. Oh, my gosh. Dude, are you kidding me? I love it. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it, though. You crazy for this one, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one day we get to play this segment for Kanye West. When we're all friends. <laughs> yeah, when we're, of course, of course. I would love that so much, dude, if Kanye was like, hey, man, I was this, hey, bruh, bruh. Hey, man, I was listening, I was listening to Not So Famous the other day, and you know what? These motherfuckers is crazy. <laughs> they talk, They talk about my music all the time, man. They get it. This is my dream. I don't like what they be saying about Trump, but I like them because love is love, man. (laughs) I'm so glad he's taking a break from politics so I can actually come back to him a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Dude, you know what I found? What? You know what I found out about uh, Spaceship? What? One of the artists on here, Consequence, Mm -hmm. I need to listen to his stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. When he raps, he apparently, when he, all of his lyrics, the reason why he's called Consequence is he shows you, like, if you do this, then this will happen. Oh, shit. Yeah. Book of Yay. Book of Yay. Book of Yay. <laughs> this is a shameless plug because we would like to be on Book of Yay. <laughs> They'd just be like, man, hey, man, we're not talking about Kanye anymore. He, He's lost us. And we're like, can we <laughs> absorb Book of Yay then? 
and we'll talk about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, oh. if that's okay with you guys, I mean, I I would talk about Kanye all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, me too. I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, guys. Yeah, Kanye said some real fucked up shit today, but he still makes great music. And it's so far, it's not anything. Like he hasn't. He's not doing some R. Kelly shit. He's just being a buffoon. He's being a a dick. And. And to be honest, I will, I mean, I will continuously say this to like the day is long besides, besides the fact that yes, you know, we're so quick to, you know, throw off Kanye. Oh, that's what I should have said. We're so quick to throw Kanye under the bus for siding with Trump. And yet R. Kelly has been having sex with underage girls for years. Mm. And yet we don't want to, we, he's not quote unquote canceled. Yeah, fuck that. You know, I'm like Kanye has a mental issue. Yeah, R. Kelly's a pervert. Oh. Fuck that. That's what I gotta say about that, right? You know, I mean, usually whenever people start talking about doing a, you know, remake of Lord I mean, of look, Rings, here's like, the point that I'm trying to make here, okay? Barb is what I don't understand. I mean, how I mean, could I don't they have made, made a movie this bad? I mean, I know Who greenlit this? Who said that this was okay? Oh, look at the adaptation that came before. Yes, there's been many, but I'm talking Come get belligerent on Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You'll be glad you did. This week on Inside the Everyday Artist Studio, we have with us calling in from Stafford, Virginia, Michael Sneed. Michael teaches high school English and journalism in Stafford, Virginia, and has done so for the past 15 years. He graduated from Oberlin College in 2002 with a degree in English and has been teaching ever since. Michael was drawn to studying literature by a lifelong love of stories of all kinds and to education by a desire to help more students find that same passion. Michael has been completely addicted to the storytelling medium of comic books and graphic novels for about as long as he's been able to read and worked for years to build the artistic talent to draw his own comics and tell his own story. Two years ago, Michael pledged to draw every day and post the results on Instagram on his page at Sneed underscore Doodles. And then several months went by and a friend suggested that he start doing daily work on a comics project rather than just random daily drawings. And in October of 2017, Michael finally decided to put his own work out into the world and began publishing the webcomic Harold and the Monster, updated monthly at heraldcomic.com. So, Michael, first off, thank you for being on the show. We're happy to have such a talented man such as yourself here with us today. And uh, as a visual artist, you're also the first of your kind here on the show. <laughs> and personally, I couldn't be happier to be starting off uh, after our mid-season break with something, you know, a little different. So, so welcome Absolutely. to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's always good to be first of my kind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't really know where I was going. With that. <laughs> no, that works for me. It sounds I great. loved it. Like Michael, first of his name, like very Game of Thrones. <laughs> very, Michael, firstborn. Um, 
Well, we're seriously, we're happy to have you on the show. Um, and it is a little interesting. We've mostly interviewed, you know, like theater mm-hmm. artists, and, and Marin was a little different last time that she had the science angle, and mm-hmm. we've done YouTubers and teachers, and, and you're kind of a blend of uh, a bunch of different things. So uh, I know we have a bunch of questions, um, and we're excited to have you. Well, um, I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, of course. Um, Michael, as you know from previous episodes, I'm, I'm sure you've been listening because Marcus oh, and yeah. I are so, so engaging. <laughs> um, did I sound believable? Um, that was great. Thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> um, so from previous episodes, Marcus and I are no stranger to a good story, and we both absolutely love the medium mm-hmm. of comics and graphic novels as a whole. I mean, what's not to love, right? There's plenty that comes out every week. It's sure. just like the ultimate self-sustaining medium um but was there a specific story or or comic book that you remember that kicked off this love uh for you uh, for comic books and graphic novels was there a specific thing that you got your hands on you were like "Ooh, this is it that's a good question um yes and no in kind of a weird way um Mm -hmm. my earliest memories of comics and they really do go back to when i'm I don't know, maybe five or six would be my guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad was visiting his parents and found a bunch of his comics from when he was a kid um, (laughs) and brought, I still have a lot of them at actually at my house, but um, incredibly old beat up. Like these are comics from the late fifties, early sixties when the idea of, you know, taking care of them or whatever, is not really a thing. Um, But he had, some Batman stuff, some Superman stuff, uh, Sergeant Rock, um, just all kinds mm. of you know, kind of classic comics. And I don't remember a ton of specifics from them, to be perfectly honest. It was so long ago. But just being taken into these, strange, especially random episodes, or random issues, rather, just being dropped into kind of continuity that I didn't know anything about and mm-hmm. seeing all these bizarre characters, um, that was really... I don't think I've ever really stopped reading comics from that point mm-hmm, forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly, like in the early eighties or I guess early to mid eighties is about when this would have been getting comics where I grew up was you went to the grocery store and if you were lucky, there was a spinner rack um, <laughs> and you grabbed whatever mom would let you get and whatever mm-hmm. they happened to randomly have. So you were never reading like an entire storyline or anything along those lines. It was just, what can I get my hands on? This looks cool. What's the deal with this weird character? Um, I mean, eventually, I definitely got hooked on specific characters and specific storylines and so on. But my earliest memories are just really loving all of the different stories and all of the different kind of bizarre Mm -hmm. things that you could do Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a comic book. And I'm sure that, like, what what was socially acceptable in a comic book, like, wait, he can just beat the shit out of anyone he wants? Or, like, you know, right. like, uh, he can just <laughs> grapple up to the roof of that building? Like, how mm-hmm. in the world? Yeah, um, absolutely. Those, those are such important moments for, for children. And, I mean, I think that everybody has a different kind of version mm-hmm. of that. Um, I'm almost interested, Marcus, did you have a version of that where you, like, first found comic books? Um, well, I mean, that's where I got my extreme love of Batman. I mean, I'm looking, I'm mm-hmm. at my little workstation, you know, my little private studio, right? And I'm looking at mm-hmm. a Batman mm-hmm. uh, action figure to my left, a Batman action figure to my right, and then I look up, <laughs> and there's a Batman poster. Um 
And and so like for me, <laughs> nice. I don't know what it I don't know what it was, but it was just something about Batman and just his story and just just his entire mythology that I just really gravitated to. Um and just over the years, like I just gained like a whole other respect for him. Um, I mean that's why like I feel like at my core I will always be a DC guy. Just because, mm-hmm. you know, I love, I, I just love that world. I love Gotham City, you know, as horrible as it is, mm-hmm. if I could live there, um, I'd probably be like, sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm probably, sure. you know, the, I might lose my life within like the first six <laughs> months, but you know what? But at least Batman would investigate right. it, right? See, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do get it because Batman is also mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, nice. I mean, I have I have an entire Batman shrine that I'm looking at. Um, that's really embarrassing, and I can't believe I said that on my own podcast, but it, it is true. Don't we all have um, our shrines, though? But I, <laughs> yeah. that's very true. But. I, you know, I I found Batman, I found Batman, our Lord and Savior, later in life. Um, I didn't appreciate it and and him as a character until much later. I actually the like way I got into comic books was my dad uh, collects every Thor like ever made. Like he's obsessed with Thor, and so when I was a kid, he had. You know, Journey into Mystery 83, the first appearance of Thor. Whoa. And he had the record that you were supposed to play along (laughs) with it, right, as you listen. And it's only like a 15-page book, and it's super, you know, concise, and it's this weird story, and he's... Like in, I want to say like Thailand or something. Like it's a, it's an Asian land, and it's such a weird book. But he was like, yeah. So now I collect every single comic book that Thor appears in for more than like three mm. panels. And I was like, what the hell? And my <laughs> uncle does the same thing with a bunch yeah. of different characters, and they are both still avid comic readers and i remember my dad like showing me his stacks of comic books and he was like you can go through these but like please be so ever careful and put on these white gloves i know right well Mm. basically um but my dad was really good to me he was like you can take them out and you can read them but you can only do it like while Mm -hmm. i'm here with you which i thought was very nice but absolutely that teaches you kind of like a reverence for those those uh those comic books and yeah. those stories which is really different and and interesting from your guys separate mm-hmm. stories like about how you came to comic books and Michael you were saying that it it was like back in the 80s nobody really gave a shit they were like well you're taking care of them I, this one's cool it's got a cool cover or right and Whatever. I'm sure I mean I'm sure that somewhere on the planet in the 80s I know for sure that there were oh yeah you know direct market comic book stores and all that it just that was I want to say the first time I ever went to one of those was high mm. school um mm. and so you know I got mm-hmm. into the whole like 90s comics craze where you had to have bags and boards for every issue yeah. and um and mom and dad, if you're listening, I really will get those out of your basement eventually. <laughs> uh, the same goes for all of us. Right. But, uh, I mean, I still have so many, I don't, so many different issues of so many different yeah. things that uh, are just a lifetime of, of collecting and, and not being willing to get rid of any of mm-hmm. them. I totally understand that. Um, you know, each one comes with a memory and a, a specific time mm-hmm. and place and, 
I think, you know, that's what collecting in general, no matter if it's comic books or mugs or whatever you mm -hmm. happen to collect, it, it comes from that similar place of, I want to capture this moment in time with a specific um, object. And if you can do that with a, a book, like with a story, mm -hmm. self-contained, I think it's all the more mm -hmm. meaningful. Um, and you kind of mentioned in that beautifully crafted, I might mention, um, intro <laughs> that you have worked for years to be able to tell your own story and build the skill like it takes to craft a visual story through uh, comic books and specifically through your project of Harold and the Monster. What did that journey look like to you? Like, how did you take your childhood, oh my god, I love these books, I love these weird characters, and then be like, you know what, I'm going to make a comic and stick with it for over two years now. Uh, there were, um, there was a lot that kind of made it all come together, I guess. Um, I've been lucky right, sure. in that I've had a lot of different people kind of try to push me back in the direction of art um, and, and mm -hmm. doing comics. Cause I largely, I think because I became a parent and like, you know, have a, have a full-time job and all that kind of stuff, time mm -hmm. and extra money really became hard mm -hmm. to come by. Um, and there's probably a 10 year window or close to 10 year window where I really didn't draw except like doodles in the margins of every piece of paper that I have in front of me or, uh, and I didn't really buy comics cause there just wasn't extra money. I, I kept up with what I could through like what the library bought and so right, on. Right. Mm -hmm, but, um, mm -hmm. when, when my daughter got to be, I'm trying to think how old she was when I first started doing them, but like. I think she's probably like seven or eight. Um, I started doing daily doodles, cartoons, comic strip types things, I guess, on the plastic bags that I was going to put her sandwiches in. I remember that. School lunch. Right. And I so remember them too. They yeah. were so good. That went very quickly from like, they got more complicated because that's just kind of the way I guess things are is like, well, that was fun. But what if I did this? And I got to where I was enjoying both doing the art and then also kind of coming up with a joke, a gag, a moment, something that would work. Um, and realized if I'm enjoying this this much, I should get back into to, to art more generally. And then that also, because I was enjoying doing kind of comic strippy work that got me back into buying comics and reading comics more heavily. Mm. Um, so I kind of wound up coming back to both of those things at the same time. Mm. Um, and then it was definitely, I mean, you know, this is an obvious statement, but if you do something every day, you're going to get better at it. Um, sure, sure. And it, yeah, it was, I guess, just about two years ago now, because we're in January, that I had decided I'd been trying to put more time into to doing art. And I, I finally just decided, OK, for this entire year, which I guess was 2017, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to spend the goal was at least an hour a day drawing. Uh, and whatever comes out of that goes on Instagram, kind of keep myself accountable. So I'm posting at least one thing every day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, some of that's in the intro, so I don't need to retread. But basically, <laughs> no. watching, being able to tell that you're getting better, I think, is the best possible encouragement. Like looking at mm. something you did. And I love that this still happens. And I, I hope that it always will. But looking at something that you've just done and going, I genuinely can't believe I was able to do what I just did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like mm. I can't believe I was capable of drawing that picture or, or what have you. Um, and so kind of going after those. And then, you know, like I said, um, in the intro, I had a couple of people, but in particular, um, my comic shop guy actually, um, was like, you know, if you were doing like a panel every day or a page every day at the end of the year, 
you'd have quite a bit of a comic book. Um, mm. And so that was the push to kind of start that. I actually have tucked away in some some sketchbook or other. I have kind of some test moments, I guess, where I sat down at a kitchen table and went, can I show a sequence of events? Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. I... And I think it was like, it's Harold, It's my main character, Harold, getting up in the morning and making a cup of coffee. Like, can I string the images together and make that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that I could. And so it was just kind of basically putting in the time and the practice and realizing that there was, it was actually possible for me to do the thing that I'd always wanted to do and that I really just had to do it. Um, hmm. And then after that, it's just it's it's putting in the it continues i guess to be putting in the time just deciding every day i'm going to prioritize working on whatever aspect of it i'm i'm on on this given day whether i'm writing or penciling or outlining or inking or coloring or whatever um just and i guess the side journey there is uh figuring out how to do it um mm-hmm. pretty much every chapter i think gets more artistically coherent and I think technically coherent. And part of it is that I'm deliberately trying to push myself into like, okay, you're going to draw this and you're not going to like kind of fake the background or you're going to draw this and you're going to actually use a camera angle, so to speak. That's not what you usually would use Mm. here. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of forcing myself to see what else I can do, what else I can, I can kind of push Mm -hmm. out of myself, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, See, that's impressive because I think that, you know, you're saying obviously, like it's an obvious statement to say, if you do something every day, it gets better. But I think that we oftentimes are so in the thick of that, right? That like, we don't realize the progress we're making Mm. until, you know, I know it's been uh, all over Facebook and Instagram to do that like (laughs) 10 year challenge, but it really is true. We're like, well, I still look like I did when I was 12. And then we see a picture of Oh, when I'm 12 and when I'm 22 and when I'm 32 and you're like, holy shit, I'm a very, very different person. Right. I think I think we do that with our art as well. Um, But when you're at your kitchen table every day and it feels like routine and you're practicing, you don't necessarily see those those big leaps. So I think what's impressive about your journey and what you're specifically, you know, saying worked for you is that you have put and I, I mean I did just I told you before we started I, I reread all of your work right. and all of Harold and the Monster like you do end chapters with oh and here's this big surprise and it's like <laughs> kind of an establishing shot of like a big war on another planet and you're like wait what the <laughs> hell and then you know you since it's already published you get to go to the next one and then it is that world and I'm like oh my god I did not expect this it gets it just gets so uh, more surreal and more like interdimensional and more cosmically, you know, present every time that you publish um, a couple of pages. It's really impressive that you, because you don't have a teacher or you're not in school, you're you're doing it all yourself. You're motivating yourself completely that you are able to commit to like, and I'm just going to have to figure it out because like I said last month that they were going <laughs> to fight on this planet. So that's what mm. I got to do. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been some moments of like, Oh man, I really do have to draw this now. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know how, and I really have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, It's also interesting that you said uh, your first like tests of even, um, like seeing if you can draw like an action sequence or something happening or a narrative moment was um, concerning Harold, this main character. Um, 
was it always Harold for you? Has he popped up like throughout the years as this character that you are just drawn to? I mean, I've seen a lot of your other work and it's um, very like uh, literarily informed or pop culture, right? It's like Star Wars characters right. with those lunch bags. Um, so I guess I'm just curious, you know, how long has Harold and the monster been with you? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. Um, bits and pieces, I guess, over the last 20 years um, have kind of shown up in sketchbooks, I think is the easiest way to describe it. Like, I remember vaguely, and I've never been able to track this notebook down. I'm sure it exists somewhere <laughs> in this house. But um, mm -hmm. when I was living and teaching in New York City um, and doing classes at the same time, um, I was doodling – like I said, really vague memory here, but for some reason I wound up doodling a bunch of like office workers, um, mm -hmm. who were all animals or had animal heads. Mm. Um, <laughs> and like, I remember there was a, I think it was a vulture or something that like squatted on the copier and that was where it lived. And somewhere in there was this guy with a bunny head. Um, and he definitely okay. did not have a name. He didn't, there was no story. It was just sort of, here's this character, here's this random thing that I've drawn. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think where it kind of starts to come back, and I, I actually can't quite remember the order on these two things, but fast forward to um, – actually, no, I definitely can give you the order on these. Um, so when I'd been married maybe two years um, – this is such a dumb story, but it's, I suppose it's cute. I don't know. Um, no, not, nothing's dumb. Come on. <laughs> I was doing something in the house. I mean, honestly, I'm probably playing video games or something in this story. But my wife is walking through the house calling me, and she's mm -hmm. going, honey, 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 and then jokingly, bunny. And I went, yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that happened there was that that became her name for me. Um, mm -hmm. But the other thing is I think it. I think it made a stronger connection when I did start to kind of resurface this rabbit character. Mm. Um, more of a connection there. Like, he's not me, but he's not not me. <laughs> um, right. Like, there's definitely a lot of similarities. He's sort of a Elseworlds um, version of, of me. He sure. runs a coffee shop. I did a lot of coffee shop work. Actually, the last job I had before I started teaching was in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely some, like, what-ifs kind of there. Um and then the other place that he came back up was, uh, and I have no real clear idea why this would have happened, but I run, um, and mm -hmm. five years ago, six years ago, probably five, I was out for a run, probably listening to a podcast, no idea what it was about or if that's even relevant, but had this very, very clear image of this giant monster standing in a kitchen, um, in my mm -hmm. head, it was almost a clay face kind of thing, which I think you can kind of see if you look at the early chapters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, other than, I mean, he's made, or he's covered in vomit rather than being made of clay, <laughs> but that's a, that's a different thing. But, and then in, he's standing there and um, we're looking down kind of a, a, a bird's eye view as he pulls this man with a rabbit head mm -hmm. out of his mouth. And they're kind of looking at each other in a very confused uh, fashion. Mm -hmm. And I know... I didn't have anything to hang on, hang it on to or any idea where it came from. But I got home from the run, and, and this is before I had gotten into drawing regularly again and was like, I have to draw this picture. Mm. And I mm -hmm. drew, drew that picture and went, well, that there it is. That's what I saw in my head. I don't know what to do with this now. And then it was um, 
I think it was kind of a combination of things that when people did finally start saying, you should do a comic, you should do a comic, you should do a comic. I was like, well, I have this vague idea of this guy. Um, let me figure out what his deal is. Um, kind of figure out what his story is. He eventually gets a name because of um, my favorite Will Ferrell movie, Stranger Than Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character's mm-hmm. name is Harold Crick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Harold, in that story, Harold finds himself in a very bizarre situation that doesn't really, no one can really help him with it and doesn't really make any sense. And so it mm-hmm. seemed fitting, since my character was also in a, in a similar boat, um, to let them share that name. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And I think the I don't know what you've noticed from this mm. story, Marcus, but what I've noticed is basically that you you're basically you've just given yourself the permission to do these things. Right. Like things have come up and you've had this image of of like you're like, I don't know where this is or what this is or where it, it's going or where it yeah. could go. But I need to draw it. And then having someone be like, you should make a comic and sitting down and being like, OK, I'm going to make a comic <laughs> out of that now. Like, and right. I think that we've talked about that in, in many different mediums on the show before, but it really is true and it. It really is drawing, you know, consistent in what you've told us of your story that I just had to yeah. commit. I just had to double down on doing it and figuring it out later. And it makes me think of one of my uh, favorite quotes by Stephen King, actually, in his mm. like autobiography and his like instructional book mm. on writing. Oh, what a great book. He Uh, It's so great. He says uh, something along the lines of, you know, you can make a cross-country drive at night without seeing anything but the 50 feet Mm. in front of you through your headlights. Mm. You don't have to necessarily know and see the entire way to California if you start in New York. You just have to see those 50 feet in front of you and keep Mm -hmm. going. Um, And I think that's that's true for our art and uh you know at least in in what i'm hearing from your experience it's been true in your art and that is absolutely incredible and you can you can really see the the story progress and and get weirder <laughs> in the best possible ways um like i you know i was i was rereading it today and it just continually surprised <laughs> me by like the end of the chapter was always like really great. Like we're going to do this and Harold, we're going to take you to the doctor and we're going to check this out. And then like the next chapter is, you know, the doctor being like, well, I couldn't handle it, but I have someone who can. Here's an iPad with Neil deGrasse Tyson. on it. Oh yeah. Like, I got to get Neil in there. I the, love that guy. <laughs> but that's just, I mean, I think everybody loves him. Um, but that is literally just giving yourself the mm. approval to say, yeah, and you know what the solution is? Neil deGrasse Tyson on an iPad. <laughs> like, yeah. And what's the solution? He's got a wormhole in his mind. And listeners, you don't know what I'm talking about. You need to log on to uh, heraldcomic.com because it's it's something mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I have a couple of more questions, and and then we'll we'll let you go. I know you're short on time. Oh, sure. Um. So as we, you know, kind of reflect after the New Year, since this is our our New Year's episode back, um, and looking forward to 2019, and I I know you mentioned this, like, uh, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's it like to see how far you've come over just these past two years of actually doing the comic? Like, not beforehand, where you were comparing different images and, and seeing that, but now that you've committed to it and you have i think it's like 80 pages now yeah i was actually uh before we started the call i was doing rough pencils for 87 i think oh wow that's awesome that's incredible 
Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, <laughs> like it actually, it shocks me every time I have to put a page number on yeah. something at this point. Like before, I did this other than little comic strips. Like I said on 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 my daughter's lunch bags, I don't think I'd ever drawn more than two or three panels together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That it was just like I, you know, kind of do like a setup for a gag or or something like that. But mm-hmm. although I'd always wanted to do a comic, I'd never. I never really actually tried it because it's scary. Um, like, what if I, you mm-hmm. know, what if I try to do the thing I've always wanted to do and I can't? Right. Um, and so it's 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 been it's exhilarating. It's <laughs> it's frustrating um, for sure that it's just. But I think like in a positive way, like this is still not quite where I want this to be, or this is still not quite how I want this to to look on the page or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that I'm actually doing the thing that I've wanted to do my whole life, right. you know, it would be, <laughs> it would be awesome if I would, if more people were seeing it, it would be awesome if it was, you know, making me millions of dollars or whatever, but it's bare minimum. I've got this, this volume of work that I've done and that I can look back at and I have a hard time. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier when we were t- before the recording. Um, at some point, anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really weird for me to go back and reread it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. this is true for for anybody looking back at their stuff from before. Mm-hmm. That at the time you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome! I can't believe how how well this came out. And then mm-hmm. given some time, and you've gotten better. Yeah. Um, and you kind of look back and go like, oh wow, I was really proud of that. And now I would do that totally differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. that's not at all what that would look like. And it's, it's funny because I used to get really frustrated with it. I'd go back and look at early pages and, um, a friend said, because I said something about like one of these days I'm going to go back and and redraw those early chapters or something. And, um, she said, essentially you need to go back and look at what the first season of the Simpsons looked like. Oh yeah. Mm. You know, that's a fair point. Like at a certain level, it would almost be unkind to, me two years ago mm-hmm. uh, to go back and go, hey buddy, move over. I gotta, I gotta fix this for you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it's amazing to see the growth. It's amazing to see just what I've been able to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like I, I, like I said, there are frustrations galore really involved in any creative thing, but it's so sure. much fun. To put it out there and 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 get some feedback from people occasionally and and kind of have conversations about it like this one, um, it's it's incredible. It's surreal. It's it's definitely a little bit surreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet. And is there anything? I guess my last question, and I don't know if you have mm-hmm. anything, Marcus. Um, like, it, is there? A place you want to go? Is there like an ideal situation? You mentioned, you know, it'd be nice if it reached more people or if it made millions of dollars, of course. But is there something that, you know, we as like a like-minded community can give to you or can can support you through besides following you and, and joining you, you know, on the the heraldcomic.com site? That's a good question. Um, I think, and this is actually, I started thinking about this last night. I was looking... Um, most of the people that I follow on Instagram myself are either comics pros, which is, I mean, that's amazing stuff because you're getting to see process. Um, how do these people mm-hmm. do the thing that they do amazingly mm-hmm. well? Um, but I also follow and I'm followed back by a lot of people who are kind of in the same boat that I'm in, um, trying mm-hmm. to eke out a little bit of a, a space in the, in the comics world for yourself and, 
and that kind of thing. And it's to some extent, just knowing that there is that community, um, and being able to go, Hey, I saw the little story that you posted on your website. I really like what you did there. Um, I love that, you know, there was one I was looking at yesterday and I'm going to blank on the, the name, but it reminded me a lot of like early Hellboy stories mm. and it, it was this mm. incredibly well done thing. And I, similarly to, to my situation, I don't know that this guy has the ability right now to have it published and have it out there in the world beyond, uh, on his website, but mm-hmm. knowing that, knowing that there's kind of fellow travelers, I right. guess is, um, is really powerful. Just like. Like I said, I can get frustrated sometimes and be like, you know, only this many people went and read the newest chapter. Or only this many people mm-hmm. uh, liked the thing that I just posted or whatever. And it's really easy to get caught up in the analytics and kind of lose my mind mm-hmm. over them. Um, but at the same time, just knowing that there are these other people and we're all trying to kind of do the same things and have the same experiences um, and try to get better at what we're doing is just knowing that there's those people, I think is a really important part of kind of my well being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just be, feeling like I'm a part of a world that I've enjoyed for a very long time instead of just being, um, just instead of just taking it in, I guess right. that I'm contributing on some small part. Instead of being an outside well, sure. observer. Now you yeah. are, you're the man on the inside. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I'm sure that it feels like, um, that way with with most creative mm. things like for our listeners i mean and that's what this show came out of of like i just need to know that there are other people doing the same yeah. thing or or mm-hmm. having the same kinds of struggle like you and i don't work in the same field i'm not drawing a comic but like i i actually had this moment where i was rereading your stuff earlier today and um i have a really dear friend seth bullock who is also drawing comics right now. Like he's creating his own story and he's been struggling. He's been posting, you know, like one page and he, he does exactly what you're saying. He overthinks it. And then he, he's like, I don't know where I want this story to go. I don't know what I need to do. And the first thing that I thought of when I was reading your story was like, I need to share this with Seth. I need to hit, get you guys together. I need to link you up. And Sometimes it is as simple as that to be a community, you know? Right. It's like, have you heard this show? Mm-hmm. Like, Michael has a really great interview. He tells us a lot about his his comic that way and his journey. And we forget through the analytics, I think, you know, when we're looking like, oh, only 30 people saw or only only 60 people saw this one. Why did so many people watch that one right. and not this one or whatever? But we forget, like, you know, when I read your comic, I'm just one person, but... I had a great experience. Uh-huh. I had genuine joy. I, I laughed. I, you know, I, I cried. I got upset. That's what it's all about. Like for me, that was a very personal and vivid experience. Uh-huh. And that's something that you can't quantify. Right. That's something that an analytic can't capture. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I think you're doing fucking amazing and we're all really oh, proud yeah. of you. And oh, I really appreciate thank that. you I really for do. being the, Thank you for being the first of your kind, as it were. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> Marcus, do you have any last questions or anything before we wrap up? No, I think you hit the nail right in the head. I mean, I mean, I think that, especially for this to be the first episode of the new year, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Michael, just everything that you've been able to accomplish with your comic, um, you know, I I keep. I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, it's just like the past couple of days, like I've been, I've been constantly thinking about, um, 
you know, hey, if you if you want to do something, if you feel passionate about something, you know, go out and do it. Um, you know, the worst thing that can possibly mm-hmm. happen to you, well, you you're back to where you were before where you weren't doing it. Absolutely. Um, but you know, you you'll find like you said, you find joy out of being the person on the inside, you know, gonna you know, to quote Hamilton, to be in the room where it happens, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> um you know, so it's like, you know, it's it's I I love that. I love when people embrace that because I feel like we have kind of become a society that is a little afraid to do that. You know? Yeah. We we psych mm. ourselves out, we look at instagram and we look at facebook and twitter and and whatever and we're like like oh everyone's doing all these great things like i I wish i could do that stuff but i don't think i'm that i don't think i'm able to and it's like no it's because of those platforms because you know you can go out and buy a microphone you can go out Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and and get a website to to post your comics um it's so it's so much easier i feel to step up and go and and pursue your dreams and and yet totally. and yet people still um don't do it you know and i feel like that's just a society thing and i feel like and you know we we get so impressed with with people when when they do do these things and i'm like i'm like you know what you can do it too there's nothing yeah. stopping you. The only thing that separates, you know, the rest of the world from Michael Sneed is that Michael Sneed said, you know what? I want to do this. Nothing's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And I'm and and guess what? Happier. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. Happier. He's not like sitting around screaming like, man, I wish I made a comic book. No, he doesn't have to. He knows what it's like yep. because he's doing it. <laughs> Well, and I will say that you basically like there's no there was no outside motivation besides someone being like, you should do that. You basically like double dog dared yourself <laughs> and we're like, I'm going to post on Instagram. And if I don't like maybe the masses will come and kill me. But like other than that, you <laughs> motivated exactly. yourself through that. You know what I mean? You you used the social media platform for something more than maybe it was originally intended, which I, I think is incredible. And I think you're totally right, Marcus. And we've talked about that. You've talked about that on the show before, like just, just doing the thing a la Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) So, I mean, we could say that Shia LaBeouf and Michael Sneed are the same person. I don't know. (laughs) I've never seen them in the same room together. So I am not a cannibal though true i didn't know but you are a jinx (laughs) oh yeah you may be right you thought i was gonna forget before we went (laughs) off the air (laughs) oh no is this the fuse yeah so long story short audience i'm not gonna take up too much more time because i know michael's gotta get out of here (laughs) but just make a long story short michael and i are part of a little poker group and there's a little game that we like to play <laughs> called AC Doocy. Well, scratch I don't that. Know if we like to play it. I like to play it. Michael does not like to play <laughs> it. And I that game hates my guts. I get such joy out of watching Michael scramble <laughs> and look at his quarters as he's like, "All right, well, I guess I'm still in this." Um, well, it has now become common knowledge in our poker group 
that if you sit next to Michael, mm-hmm. there's a very good chance that you will do what's called goal posting. And for those of you who don't know what what AC Ducey is, so you uh, the dealer draws two cards for you, and you say mm-hmm. you know quarter high or quarter mid or quarter low, uh, and basically you're hoping that the third card you get is either high, low, or mid. Michael does this thing called goal posting a lot. All the time. <laughs> Instead of Every getting high or low, time. he gets one of the numbers that is on the table. So when he does, it's like he has to put in the bet plus a dollar. So he'll <laughs> yeah. be like, Every time. three dollars, <laughs> three dollars low, go post. Okay. <laughs> throw Here's your four dollars. Throwing your four dollars. But but if you sit next to Michael, you will also go post. I yep, have been, I can pass the curse. I have been playing this game, Mitchell, for so long. Never mm-hmm. goal posted. <laughs> the one night I sit next to Michael, I go post. And I look at him and I'm like, it's you. You literally give away your curse to people. It is me. It is 100%. I can I can spread that around all day long. It's awful. I don't know why that game hates me, but it hates my guts. At least you own it, yeah. you know? At least you know you know it in your soul. That's okay. Well, uh, I hope it turns out better for you guys next time. Me too. I don't I'm not a I'm not a gambler. Well, I'm, I'm not, not sitting next to him. I know that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good first step right there. Uh, okay all right noted <laughs> yeah. noted uh well michael thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate you coming in um will you let the audience know um you know where they can find you just one last time everywhere you want them to to click on and go to yeah absolutely um so you can find the comic uh, at heraldcomic.com it updates uh generally the first month first monday of every month uh, so there's one coming up uh, in just a few weeks in the beginning of february uh, and you can look for uh, daily updates on Instagram still. It's at Sneed, S-N-E-A-D underscore doodles. Uh, I post there random things that I'm working on. Sometimes you'll see process shots of uh, the, the next chapter or sometimes the chapter after that. Uh, and if you're on the Facebook, uh, you can find Harold and the Monster on Facebook there as well. Uh, and you'll just honestly, though, you'll see the same stuff there as you would on Instagram. So I would pick one. Pick one. Stick with it. Just one. No, like all the things, Michael. We, okay. we need as much traffic as we can get. For, right? I mean, like all Please of the things. Like uh, and Marcus, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, folks, you can always. All right, get ready <laughs> because I'm crazy. So, folks, you can always find me on Popcorn Prattle. Uh, that is the Film Talk podcast uh, that I am the uh, host of uh, with Stephen and Lindley. Mm-hmm. You can hear me here. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You can also hear me on Continuum Force, uh, which is a bomb, bomb, bomb. It's a brand new <laughs> audio drama that I was listening to and. To be frank, I was very impressed with the production because uh, I only got to hear myself. So to hear it all to come together, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I 
was beginning to tell Mitchell this earlier, but then of course Michael interrupted me. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course he goes you into interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mitchell, we are about to have a brand new podcast featured on our network, the Shenanigans Inc. Uh, network, called Roll Initiative. Yes, it is going to be our very first D&D role play podcast. And let me tell you something. I am, I was not, when I was in college, you, I would never, never think about doing any sort of D&D. In recent years, I've become fascinated by it. And the guy that is the lead host of it, he's great. I think you're going to really love him. He is super excited about this. It premieres next month uh, in February. So, guys, you have three podcasts now to listen to when you're not checking out Michael's comics. See, I didn't yeah. leave you. See, I didn't leave you People out. We're going to be busy. <laughs> There's so much content. There's so much content out there. There's so much content. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't believe you waited to. That actually worked out perfectly. You got to tell me on the air, and now I have to change my. <laughs> off the air this is this is perfect timing well, that so that's amazing um, yeah yeah the, the, the changing my pants or the changing your pants thank you thank you for clarifying um the audience was confused well when i'm not cha- yes <laughs> they were like wait uh no we're not in the same room um, he's in a room with shia labeouf when i'm <laughs> yep <laughs> i've never seen it um when I'm not changing my pants, you can find me on Twitter at the original MDH. You can also find us um, the Not So Famous Podcast specifically at Not So Famous Pod One on Twitter or on fa- uh, Facebook at Not So Famous. Uh, I think that's all the places you can find all of us. Is that is that all we have to do? Are we good? Are we forgetting I, any? I think are we forgetting that's anything? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I loved that. Uh, do you guys want to clap? Yeah, we can clap.